The Word of Truth Revealed with Bishop Martin L. Clark. The Word of Truth Revealed is the media outreach ministry of Truth Revealed International Ministries and Interdenominational Spirit-Filled Fellowship of Believers located in Palm Bay, Florida. Our mission here at Truth Revealed is to produce disciples and to empower the populace to live out the truth of God's Word within the framework of their environment. In this week's message from the Affirmation and Authority series, Bishop Clark uses the third chapter of Hebrews, verses 12 through 14, as the backdrop for the first part of the message, Sufficient Grace for the Test. The partial shutdown of the government because of the lack of camaraderie uh, with the government, the House of Representatives, and the executive branch over a border wall. Um, I'm not here to, uh, to ca cast any more chaos or any more verbiage on the situation. I'm just saying it's a very unusual time. Uh, we're celebrating the Lord and our government can't function. Which tells me as it goes with the government, so does it go with those who associate with it as uh, it being your source. Which simply tells me that many of us in this room may be at gridlock. Uh, many of us can't make simple decisions because of the politic that's in, his, that's in our lives or the gridlock financially or not seeing thing eye to eye, when by now we should be able to work together. And there's a strategy of the enemy to keep us divided, to keep us hindered, to keep us marginalized. Because one can chase a thousand, but if two can come together, it can put 10,000 to flight. The power of one, synergy, a synergistic effort to what we would do in the country, in the church, or in the community. And the Lord spoke to my heart to encourage you, to speak a word of encouragement over you. Before we go there, I need to tell you that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one that the world was looking for. He's the one that the world is looking for. And he's the only boat that's floating. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by me. We must accept who he is. He is the only legitimate way to the Father. So for those of you that love the Facebook prophets, and the, and the gurus that's telling us that we're serving a white man's God when you serve Christians as the white man's God and you're listening to this foolishness, you need to understand I don't give a flying flip what color he was as long as he died for my sins. And you need to get your head together. These people aren't even vetted. They have no education. They haven't studied anything religious. They're just out there talking and you're listening to them. You're confused. 
I would much rather go after the God of the Bible, which was written over a 1600 year period by 40 different authors. 40 different authors come together. You listening to these foolish people who are talking about it's not really true. Find any book that has 40 different authors and, it's, and, and the synergistic ties, the, 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 way, the way one book prophesies of the next and they never came together. All scripture are given by God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished glory to God you need to understand these things about the Bible the Bible testifies of itself I don't have to prove it just read it if you read it you'll see it's testifying it's speaking to your spirit I was reading and listening to a passage actually one of the children on yesterday came out of the book of John chapter 2 verses 17 and 18 and if they can find that for me, John chapter 2, verses 17 and 18, and it really stirred uh, me. One of the children got up and did a, a speech and used that passage. That's St. John chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. Glory to God. Well, let's look at verse 16 and then we'll go to 17 because I want you to see this. Look at this. The Bible says, to those who sold doves, he said. This is Jesus who came to his house or the synagogue and he saw people selling in the temple. Now, this is not like what we're doing, selling T-shirts. These people only came to church to make their living. They were thinking about themselves. They weren't thinking about furthering the gospel or trying to push the gospel forward. Even if you go to Palestine now in Israel, you'll see people along the Via Della Rosa still they're still selling, trying to merchandise religion. You'll see uh, Muslims and Hindus and all of that at the Via Della Rosa trying to get your dollar. You need to be ready when you go to Israel because you're going to see it. A lot of us are very, very um, uh, sensitive as it relates to the world or relate to church. Some of us act like we can't stand nothing. When you start going around the world, even to Jerusalem, you're going to see things that blow your mind. In the upper room, you got Christians, you got Muslims, and you have the Judaizers. Three different religions in one building. Three totally different religions in one building. Yet people are working together. You need to get over your, you know, your idiosyncrasies and all of the stuff that keeps and push you back. You don't like religion and you don't know if Jesus is real. You got to understand God is not waiting on us to get ready. He will let rocks cry out for him. People that never knew who he was will begin to call his name once the spirit of God hits them. These people were selling in the temple, selling, selling doves. And Jesus said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? Now I want to look at this. Then look at the next verse. <clears throat> verse 17. The Bible says his disciples remembered that it is written. They remember when they saw his zealous attitude toward the house. Look at this word. Zeal for your house will consume me. Now I heard one of the kids quoted this on yesterday and it, it shook me in my spirit. Zeal for his house will consume me. And Jesus, he actually fulfilled that prophecy by driving out the people who were in the temple and they didn't have his heart. The zeal for my house consumes me. 
Zeal for the house consumes me. And this is what I'm praying as you encourage today. That zeal for the father's house. Not your own ambition. Not what you want to do in life. But zeal for his house. Glory to God. For what he wants to do in the earth. Will consume your ever being. You wake up thinking about it. You go to sleep thinking about it. You get up when you go to work you're thinking about it. When you eat your dinner, glory to God, when you sit around the, 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 the tree trying to get presents open, that you would think about the house of God. Encouragement should push us back to Jesus, not to our own happiness. Zeal for my father's zeal for your house will consume me. Glory to God. Look at verse 18. Then the Jews demanded of him what miracles what miraculous signs can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Somebody's always going to have a question. Somebody's always going to say, I don't believe it. But for those who believe, I'm praying that the zeal for God's house would consume you. Thank you, Lord. It's consuming me. I'm praying that we all finish strong as we come to the closing, the climax of this great year, that we would all finish strong. For those of you that have lost the zeal along the way or got sidetracked, I'm praying that the zeal for his house would consume you again. The passion for the things of God. The passion. For running after Jesus will consume you again. And I know this has been a difficult time for many of you. But remember Satan will slap you to cut your passion. To stop you from going after the things of God. I decree and declare that that serpent that old devil, Slewfoot. That's how he is. Stop dancing with him. He can never really dance with you full body. He's Slewfoot. That's what the scripture calls him. Beelzebub, Lord of the flies. That his lies will not take root in your life. And that the enemy's strategy was to stop you from loving Jesus. That at this time in your life, your heart will begin to beat for the things of God again. That we will put down iPads and cell phones and start picking up the word. Come on, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. As I shared this morning at 8 o'clock about the message entitled, Who is the Messiah? I shared a story. I want to recommend that you get the message. A story of what the Bible has to offer. Very, very briefly, it starts out telling us about a garden called Eden. And in this garden of Eden, it's a perfect garden. There is no, there is no uh, um, 
briars, there's no thorns, uh, you don't have to wear shoes, it's the perfect climate, uh, the perfect weather, uh, no issues at all, no pestilence, just beautiful fruit and one command, do not eat of the tree that's in the midst. Guess what we do when we're given a command? We do exactly what he tells us not to do. Come on, and such were some of us, come on. The commandment is always tested. They could be two, three, four years old. Don't touch this. You go in and the kid has touched it. You said, didn't I tell you not to touch it? Because it is our nature to grab on things and to touch things that God tells us not to. Amen. Am I in the right place? I know you don't want to say amen right now, but you know that when somebody tells you not to do something, something in you rises up to say, I want to do it anyway. Perfect garden called Eden. Glory is in the garden. They're naked and not ashamed, Adam and Eve. But in the same garden, there's a snake. So I don't care how perfect the garden is or your life is, you need to understand there's always something slithering. Usually it slithers in places that you can't see it. But in this garden, it wanted to be visible. It climbs in a tree and begins to talk eye to eye. And there's some things that the enemy is not trying to hide anymore. He doesn't care if you don't know that he's there. He wants you to know that he's there. Okay. The very thing that God told them not to do, of course, they did it. And because of that, they forfeit dominion. At the same time, death and evil and disease and all kind of debauchery entered into the world, which the world was absent of it through that one failure. We see then a scripture in the book of Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. They can put it up, Genesis 3 and verse 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. Now, God is now speaking to that snake, that thing, that creature that slithers and talks in the garden. He said, I will put enmity or hostility between you and the woman. Now, if I release the serpent in here right now, most ladies are going to do what? Before you run, you're going to what? Scream. That's right. Go ahead. Give it to me. Scream one time. Brothers, I want you to give it to me. You going to scream too? I want all the brothers say, ooh, come on, ooh. That's right. That's as far as you can go with scream. <laughs> but ladies, you know why you scream? It's because you're the revealer of the enemy. You're the one that should detect them first. If your senses are off and you're distracted and you don't have zeal for the house, you're not consumed with it. Your discernment will be off. And that snake can be there for years and you're not detected. But I believe God is awakening the, the zeal for the house again. And once that comes, your antennas are going to go up. And you'll be able to pick it up. 
before it's able to sink its fangs into the victim. Can the church say amen? amen. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. The NIV reads like this, and between your offspring and hers. But that's not the way it should read. We must go to the King James. Because we believe this word is a direct prophecy of the Messiah. Notice, and I will put enmity between you or between thee and the woman, the revealer of the enemy. And between thy seed, look at that, and her seed. It didn't say seeds, but seed, singular, one. We believe that he's prophesying here of one to come. The seed of the woman. Glory to God. Very special seed. Notice he says to the woman, a seed. Really, women don't carry seed. The man carries the seed. That's what sperm is called. Seed and it's planted in the womb. And when it connects with the egg the woman has, it produces a child. But he said it is now the seed of the woman prophesying that the seed would not come from an earthly man. That this seed will be godly. It's impossible for a woman to produce a child without seed. Thank you God. This is one of the reasons why in our society we have male, uh, man on man, woman on woman. Because one of the things the enemy is after is cutting off seed. While you want to express yourself in America, we're free to do all that we want to do. But don't forget the heavenly call and zeal for the house. Because what happens is in three generations, we won't have anybody left if you did everything you wanted to do. Because it's impossible for you to be fruitful and to multiply without having the opposite sex. Thank you, Jesus. Now, for those of you that are so sensitive that you can't flow and you want to be correct about everything, you don't want to offend anyone. That's where the world is going. The world is going. And those people who claim that they don't want to be offended by words will use their words to offend me. <laughs> who do you think you are? Who do you think? That's how they talk. Who do you think you are? You need to back up off of us. But I can't tell you you're wrong. That's offensive when I'm coming directly from the playbook. <laughs> Think about all of these rules and regulations and nuances about truth. When Jesus made it clear, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You won't make it unless you come through me. It's already clear. Thank you, God. After the fall, the Bible then picks up with another character. We can deal with Noah, but the next character, man by the name of Abram, who pushes out of present-day Iraq south by the leading of the Holy Spirit, who spoke to him, get out from your country and go south, and I will make you into a great nation. Scripture says, and he believed God, and it was accredited to him for righteousness. 
He didn't know anybody. He left everything that he had and moved south. And God spoke to him and said, I'm going to allow great things to happen to you. Lift up your eyes and look at the stars and count them. Through you, all families will be blessed. Out of you will come kings. Great people. Kings. Kings will come out. So great that all families will be touched and blessed by them. Speaking of that one person to come. And the Bible is always forward looking. Always forward looking. It's not just historical. It's always pushing you to something that's coming. And I'm here to tell you something beautiful is coming. We know the Messiah has already come, but God has something special coming for us. And it's going to come, glory to God, rapidly and sound and strong. And like the tip to the top, glory to God, it's going to show up in your life. And you won't be able to resist it because it's powerful, glory to God. And God is going to do something in your life that you haven't seen yet. of praise in my soul right now let's lift it up thank you Lord for that which is coming Abraham had two really strong sons in the Bible the first is Ishmael but the promise is Isaac and out of Isaac comes two boys, Esau and Jacob. And out of Jacob comes 12. Let's look at the fourth. His name is Judah. Glory to God. His name is Judah and the Bible makes him special. Because when Jacob is prophesying over all of his boys, he said, but Judah, the scepter is in your hand. There is one coming out of you. A king will come out of you. You're just a cub right now. But a lion is going to come out of you. Thank you, Jesus. The tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah. Even under the empty leadership of Moses, Judah was always special. Anytime they camped out around the tabernacle or they traveled or traversed in the wilderness, Judah took up the lead because our praise defiles, confines the enemy. And in Jehovah's day, hallelujah, glory to God, he sent out the praises coming out of Judah first, which confound the enemy. This battle is not your battle, it is the Lord. And when praise go up, glory to God, the enemy's strategy. Are minimized. That's why you got to learn how to give God the glory. Even though we're losing our loved ones and there are things that happened to us this year, you need to be encouraged in your soul. There's enough grace, hallelujah, that God has released in your life today to give you everything you need to go through every storm. Just offer him praise. <laughs> Judah is special. Though he is contaminated with the same strike, the same bitterness the same issues that his forefather Adam was stricken with because that old snake has a way of messing up generations it's always forward looking 
Judah realized that he couldn't be the one. There's one coming after. Fast forward, we get to a man by the name of David who was raised up to be king. The greatest king of Israel. Can the church say amen? The greatest king. The one after God's own heart. But he's still plagued with the same issues of Adam. That nature is just, you can't fix it yourself. I don't care how high you rise or how much money you make or how good your marriage is or how many children you have. If you don't let God deal with that nature, it will always sink its flings into your heels and stop you from being everything that God wants you to be. So stop looking to self for salvation. Stop looking to yourself for healing and deliverance. You got to look beyond yourself. Who can deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be the God, hallelujah, who always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. In today's economic and social climate, we all have our struggles, financially and emotionally. Are you tired, frustrated, do you feel like the world has taken the best from you? Everyone has been right where you are at one time or another. We understand just how you feel. Let your search for hope lead you to Truth Revealed International Ministries, 2838 Palm Bay Road, Palm Bay, Florida. We are a Bible teaching and discipleship ministry dedicated to unveiling truth to the nations. Please join us Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We live stream every service on the World Wide Web at truthrevealed.org. Get excited. You don't have to wander anymore. Hope and love are waiting for you at Truth Revealed. If something was said during today's teaching that blessed you, or if you would like to find out more information about Truth Revealed International Ministries, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at The Word of Truth Revealed, P.O. Box 60128, Palm Bay, Florida, 32906, or you can email us at The Word of Truth Revealed at truthrevealed.org. You can also visit us on the web at www.truthrevealed.org. If you're on Facebook, visit the Truth Revealed International Ministries fan page and click like. From time to time, you'll receive inspirational words of wisdom along with information about what's happening at Truth Revealed. Now, if you would like to purchase today's message for your personal library, when you write to us or email us, Use reference number 2439. That's reference number 2439. Just include a $5 donation for CDs and a $12 donation for DVDs. And now, final thoughts from Bishop Clark. In the hustle and bustle of everyday living, sometimes we miss moments, intimate moments with our children. And that is we need to pull them close, look them in the eye, and say, I love you. I'm with you. And I would like to encourage you today. 
Don't allow the sun to go down without you pulling your children close, up close, same air close, and tell them that Jesus loves them. But remember to tell them that you love them too. Until next time, I'll see you at Truth Revealed.